Hey, Chrissy here. I am a landscape architect and the owner of Kismet Design. I am a very process-driven designer, and I love sharing what I do and how I do it with anyone who's interested. Reaching your true potential and achieving your own personal goals will not happen by chance. You have to set your intentions, make a plan, and do the work. Thank you for joining me to nerd out on design. Don't forget to subscribe and to share too. Let's create something great together. Welcome to part two of my conversation with Lisa Nunemaker. I'll just jump right in right where we left off. If you haven't already listened to part one, you might want to start there. Outside of teaching Mm-hmm. Um, at the university, you, you spoke a little bit, but you do speaking and teaching and offer courses through your company, the paper garden workshop. Um, mm-hmm. what, what would you say the average education experiences of your clients through the paper garden workshop? Like what's, what's kind of your target, um, your target clientele for that? I would say most of them have a degree in something. Even if, if it's a two-year degree or a four-year degree, most of them have a degree in something. And, and I don't even know what it is most of the time. They did something else, finance or marketing, whatever it might have been. Um, so they're usually educated in some way, and they've been doing that job for many years. And then, like we mentioned earlier, they realize that they might want to do a, a career change. And because they're educated already, they feel like they need to be educated again. <laughs> before they dive into this new profession. So they have some experiences practical, of course, from working in their own yard. Only a lot of people have been doing it in their own yard for years or maybe for some friends. And so they're trying to, of course, do more education. And some of them will, like I mentioned before, they'll go to a, a college that has a an online program or they'll go to a community college locally, but a lot of people don't have that luxury to be able to quit their full-time job to do that. But I would say most of them do have some kind of a degree in something else before they come to me. I've found that, um, cause you and I are both part of the APLD community. Um, mm-hmm. I found that a lot of my fellow APLD members are in landscape design as a second or sometimes even third career. And yeah. I, like you just started right from the gates in this. Um, so I find it really, really intriguing. And, um, I've had many conversations with, with other designers that are in, in this as a second or third career of kind of that overlap of those skills. Cause it, I think a lot of people go into a career change thinking it they're starting from square one and they, you know, I think that that, that desire to go back to school is kind of like, well, that's the path you take. That's the linear, like you go to school, then you do the thing. And then, and then you slowly get your qualifications and kind of forget that there's so much baseline information and knowledge and skills that can be transferred, even if it's not like going from interior design to landscape design. If, you know, like you said, you know, someone coming from finance, like they're going to be a lot better set starting off their business than someone that, you know, came from an arts degree that doesn't have those numbers skills. I like how you said that, that there is a baseline. I have a student actually, that was in my Iowa State class last fall with one of my non-traditional students. And we do a program, for, a fundraising program for the National Collegiate Landscape Competition, where we do designs for local homeowners. 
we give them an hour and we sit down and my students will help them with whatever they can for an hour. Well, this, my non-traditional student, she was nervous about it at first. I said, but you know your plants well, because she has gardened for years. And it was heaven. Like I actually worked with her with some of the clients and we're sitting in there and I was doing the drawing. I'm like, you come up with the plants because you know them. And she realized like, wow, I do know a lot. I know a lot. <laughs> like, yes, you do know a lot. And you even understand space and all those things too, because you've been designing actual spaces. And, and I think sometimes my non-traditional students forget that they're 10 or 20 years of working in their own garden really gives them a leg up from someone right out of high school because someone like, I'll just use me as an example. When I came out of high school, I knew nothing about this profession. I knew nothing about construction. I remember learning what a, you know, what different nail sizes were. I'm like, wow, I never knew that before, you know? <laughs> so yeah, I, I, I think you're right. Like, I think sometimes we forget that our, all of our experiences, no matter what it was, it gives us that leg up already within that next profession that we're going to join. And yeah, we're going to learn. We all have, I mean, I'm still learning, right? We're all still learning even about our own profession. We're just have different things that we're bringing to it. I, no, I think fine. for planting design, especially, um, and just spatially, like you said, I think having your own garden has so much more value because not everything performs the way that it does on the plant tag. And Correct. depending on where you're at, like some things get bigger, some things get smaller, some things just feel like they need more space because of their structure or their texture. And I think that a lot of that is, is hard to, hard to express and hard to get someone to understand until they've been in a space and seen those things through the seasons as they grow. And, oh, this grows really fast into its size. And this takes 10 years to get to that size. And so you you can plant it a little bit tighter. And those things I think are hard to, I think for teaching, at least my horticulture professors were, you know, very much kind of by the book, very, you know, this is what this does on paper so that when you look it up, like exactly what they taught you is exactly what, what you're going to find on the Monrovia website or whatever. Um, but then in reality, in your own garden, I'm like, well, that doesn't get that big. That gets twice that big. And this stays, you know, half that size. Like what, what was she talking about? But it's like, oh, well, the different microclimates and just being from Eastern Washington to Western Washington, like the same plant will perform drastically different. Yeah, exactly. It's crazy. I always tell my students when they're trying to learn their 200 plants in the semester, I said, I know it's hard now, but trust me, the first year that you graduate and you start designing, you will know those plants left and right, front and back. And then when you get to your own house, you'll look back and be like, I can't believe I had to memorize all those plants. I know them intuitively now, which is just crazy. I said, this is just the start. Just be patient with yourself. Because yeah, especially when you have your own garden, it's crazy how that knowledge just builds on yeah. itself. It's so much fun. I found that a lot of the things that I learned in school and then going, you know, kind of looking at in hindsight, I feel like when I was in school, I felt like I was supposed to learn everything I needed to know. But in hindsight, I think really like all of the education I had was just teaching me the tools that I was going to need to be able to actually put it into practice and actually learn it later. It was just yes. teaching the tools. Do you find the same way? 
Yes, yes. And I actually do tell my students that all I'm doing is establishing a foundation that you need to build on because I'm never going to teach you everything that you need to know. But like when we learned about walls yesterday, retaining walls, he said, obviously you're not going to go out tomorrow and build a wall. But now if you have a, you, you start your first job and you have a discussion with a contractor, because I have a lot of non-landscape design students in my class. And so they might be working with a contractor for their own home. At least they have a general knowledge now to build from versus not knowing anything at all. And that's empowering too. That's another thing I said, I, you know, construction in particular, so it's an empowering thing. Like a lot of people are scared to learn about that because it seems so ominous. But I said, even any little bit that you know is going to empower you to ask the right questions later. And then the more questions you ask, the more experiences you have, the more that you build, whatever you have, it's going to empower you even more. So just see this as a foundation and we're just building on it. Even like plants, I always tell them, I know you're learning a lot of plants, but at least you now know what an oak is. You know what a maple tree is. And I said, you will learn many more oaks. You will learn many more maples. But all you need to know right now is generally what they look like and how they're different and what they need. And then you're going to build on that. And to me, that's the hardest part, like just learning what that is first. And once you know, you're like, okay, got it. And then you got that foundation started. Yeah. So as far as do you, and this is very loaded question, um, but do you think that there's anything that can be done to bring more younger people into the profession straight out of high school in a path like you or I had um, mm -hmm. to join their, to find this career and education instead of, I mean, I think that there's some beauty in finding it later on. And I think you have a better appreciation for it, having been through a career that wasn't a good fit. But I think, um, I mean, I would love to see more people and have it be more mainstream for people to know that it even exists to go into instead of stumbling upon it. Do you have any ideas on what, um, what could be done to bring that about? Yeah, that's a great question. And I had this discussion with my 21 year old daughter, <laughs> um, just a few minutes ago before we started, because I want to get her opinion on this and, and her thoughts on this were similar to mine. I do a lot of workshops with middle school and high school students. I'm lucky. I mean, I, I have access to them. You know, they come to Iowa State for programs and then like, oh, Lisa, can you teach these classes? And when she came as a middle school student to Iowa State with her class, she said that was the first time a lot of her friends had ever heard of landscape design because what often happens from her perspective is that they know what gardening is they know the maintenance end of things because their parents say can you go weed that or can you go pick those green beans and snap them i say that because we made that our kids do that and they hated it <laughs> um so we're usually doing the kids are usually doing the maintenance end of things so they don't really see the design end of things now my kids saw that some of the design end of things because of me but and their dad but they didn't see that you know, they didn't see just the maintenance. So she says, when, when I particularly do workshops with younger students, that's when they're opened up to the idea of, oh, that's a profession. So a lot of, I would always encourage other professionals, if you have the opportunity to volunteer at a high school or middle school and talk to teachers and say, hey, I, I'm happy to talk about this profession. The other thing is too, is ag, ag education teachers. 
So at Iowa State, we have an ag education program, and I often have ag education majors coming to my classes so they can learn design. So when they go back and teach it at the high school level, they at least have some horticulture and some design, but not all agriculture students or ag teachers have that. And so when my daughter was in high school, her teacher, when she found out, when she learned what I did, she's like, oh, can you come and talk to my students about that? So that's what's hard. It's like, how can you you know, share, how do we share what we know to students at a younger age so they can get excited about that? I know my website in particular, if I don't know how many students stumble upon it, but I do have some younger students that stumble upon my website. And I do have a lot of activities that younger people can do on my website because it's made to be more interactive. And I like to teach design topics in a way that again, is empowering in, in a smaller chunk so people feel comfortable with it. So I, that's that's the main way that I've been able to reach students. And I have had students, and then I go to NCLC, so National Collegiate Landscape Competition. So I represent APLD. There's so many acronyms here. Yeah. <laughs> I represent APLD, but I'm going there already with my students. So the last couple of years, I've been able to teach landscape design workshops. So design is not a major focus at that conference. So I fill that class, that workshop. And which is crazy because there are people that are interested in design, but NALP, that's not necessarily their focus. They do have, I mean, they have designers obviously, but that's not the main focus of, of NALP. And I've had students now a year later, say, like my class is online, or at least go to my website and they email me and say, I saw you speak at NCLC last year when I was a college student at this university. And I'm just excited to learn more now because some programs don't focus on design. They're focusing more on the design build, the project management, the contracting, you know, installation side of things. So those students are craving the design end of things, but they don't get it. That's a really long answer. And it's no, a I lot of great. <laughs> it's a lot of work to reach that age group because you have to physically get in, you know, a classroom or have students, you know, um, have the opportunity to be able to teach them. But when you do my, like I said, my daughter says, she goes, that's when they learn that there's design aspect of gardening and not just the maintenance end of things. Not that maintenance is horrible. I actually enjoy that too, but at that age, they may not get as excited <laughs> Right. About it as much as maybe design, if they're interested in art or mm -hmm. creating things. So it's just a different way to reach that age group. Nice. I love it. I, and I mean, I think that that outreach part is, is really the, the key, but the exposure I think is the, the hard thing because it feels like, you know, those tiny little bite size exposures that you can build, like only go so far, but the more of us that can do it, I think the better. Right. Exactly. And, you know, some of, some of that age group too, we're, we're more interested in the environment and doing good things, especially with COVID and being, we're, we're now spending more time in our outdoor spaces and to, to help them realize that creating outdoor spaces is one way to add to our environment, to make it a little bit better, you yeah. know, whether it's for animals, whether it's just getting more green in the world, whether it's just creating a peaceful place for our sanity. And, and as more young people also realize that they can make an impact by designing these spaces for other people. That's another way, but that's, uh, that's up to us again to educate and get that information out there. 
Wonderful. Well, I know that uh, we're getting close to time, but I've got a couple other questions for you before we wrap up. Um, the first one of those is who inspires you? That's such a hard question. I, when I read your questions and I'm like, who specifically inspires me? You know, I, I, I started thinking about who do I read right now? Who do I look at on Instagram? A lot of the people that I watch on Instagram are fellow APLD members. I love looking at designs like by Lisa Port and Susan Cohan and, oh my gosh, like, you know, I'm constantly looking at other designers and especially designers that did not start in landscape design, you know, they started in other professions and then they came in and I love seeing how they add to this profession. So that's within landscape design. But one of the things that I love doing is looking outside the profession too, again, because that brings in more, uh, inspiration, more other professions bring in more wonderfulness to our mm -hmm. profession. Um, I love, you know, reading and learning about business from other people, Amy Porterfield, um, Jenna Kutcher, who, yeah, exactly. Who, and again, a lot of it is because I love that femininity. I love that feminist touch to business and looking at things differently. And that's why I'm so intrigued with them because you're like, oh, I never thought about like, like we don't have to do things the way it's always been done. Why can't we do it our way? Like whatever that way is. And they've shown me how you can look at things so differently. The other person I absolutely love um, that I've taken a lot of classes from online is Lilla Rogers. I don't know if you know mm -hmm. Lilla Rogers, mm -hmm. but she is an art agent. She represents artists. And I took a lot of illustration classes from her. And what I've learned from her is that whole idea of is that we have to embrace who we are and what our style is. So when we are doing, so even though she's not teaching landscape design, she teaches illustration, but I've been able to apply those techniques and that philosophy to my graphics classes in particular, but design also, like you said, that whole vulnerability thing, you know, she's like, we need to celebrate who we are. If you're trying to be like everybody else, nobody wants everybody else. They want who you are. And, and that's why I love listening to her and, and reading her materials. And I've taken lots of classes from her too, because she is so inspiring and in, in helping us think about celebrating us and, and being okay with that. We don't have to be like anybody else. So those are some of the top people, but I'm constantly trying to be inspired by different authors. And, and again, my big thing is I like to go outside the profession and then bring it back in because I think it's really important to get a, a fresh perspective. I especially love like looking at graphic design and architecture and other professions and then bringing them in, not necessarily one particular person, but just being inspired by all those different areas and then bringing them back in. Oh, oh my gosh, I should mention like Kelly Norris. Kelly and I, Kelly lives in Des Moines and I'm lucky to have him here. Austin Eyeshide, like the things that they're doing with design plant communities. Claudia West. Oh my gosh, I could just go on and on. Like you got me on a tangent here now. <laughs> Claudia West is awesome. I saw her speak at APLD. Was it APLD? No, it was another conference that she was at. I can't remember now which one. And she was so inspiring, like, again, that that love of plants and, you know, considering not only the ecology end of things, but the aesthetics end of things like that. We're not just going one way. We're going to like compromise, not compromise, but we're going to bring together both of those things 
and her enthusiasm for that. And Kelly's the same way. Like, how do we look at plants in a new way? So we're thinking about design and aesthetics, but we're also considering the environment. So just another, some more people I can start talking about plant people. I'm, I'm, I love planting design and I love teaching it because it's such a mysterious thing to some people. And I'm always trying to figure out ways to break it down and into manageable chunks so we can apply it. And some of those people are awesome for, uh, in terms of planting design and looking at things in a new way. Nice. I love it. Well, I will, I will try and, um, link as many of those in the show notes as I can. I'll try and get all of them. (laughs) Um, so again, being a teacher, this is going to be a hard, hard one to, to nail down. Um, but do you have a few suggestions for like must have resources for designers? It could be a book. It could be a, a, you know, a, another resource. It could be courses. Um, I think your courses that you offer through um, Paper Garden Workshop are a fantastic resource. Anything, anything like that, like kind of, you know, the top ones that come to your mind. Yeah. So of course I love books and a lot of us do love books. That's my one thing that I, uh, that's my weakness besides markers and pencils, but uh, <laughs> <laughs> books are, I have so many. So depending on, you know, what I'm into at that moment, I graphics books. I always love the the go-tos in terms of, you know, is it read is one of them and Bertowski, all of his books are awesome for design books. Of course, Booth and his, his books, residential landscape architecture. One of my favorite books. I love that book so much. I reference it all the time. And actually um, there's another book by Norm Norman Booth that talks about like creating the structure in the garden more detailed. And I cannot remember the name, Landscape Forms, I think it might be called. I don't know what it's called. I should know that. But if you look up Norman Booth, it, Norman Booth will come up and you'll see all the books that he's written. Uh, for planting design books, I'm of course into all of the design plant communities now. So Roy Diblix, No Maintenance, Perennial Garden, K-N-O-W, the No Maintenance Perennial Garden. I love Kelly's Kelly Norris's books. New Naturalism is one that just came out. And my favorite book of all time right now is Planting in a Post-Wild World. Mm-hmm. That's a good Claudia one. West and Thomas Rayner. That's such a very practical, easy to read book. It's one of the few books, I'll be honest, I've read front to back. There's not, like, usually I use references and I just go to what I need at that moment. But that's the book I've actually read through. Because Kelly Norris and I taught a class on that at, the, at our Des Moines Botanic Garden many years ago. And we and th- we weren't necessarily using that book as the textbook, but it was kind of the basis of it. And I now use it in my advanced planting design or my advanced studio class, which we focus on planting designs. So Planting in a Post-Wild World is an awesome book. I can go on and on, but I will tell you this. Um, now that I'm teaching online also, and I'm creating content. So we've, I have a design membership called the Garden Design Collective. And one of the things we love doing is we focus on one topic every month. So instead of trying to cover all of design in six weeks, we just cover one topic. And I have really loved doing that because this really forced me to get back into my books, which is so much fun. So if we're focusing on monochromatic color schemes, it's like, it's so as an, as an academic and also a practitioner, I love being able to dive into books and find everything that I can find on monochromatic color schemes and then making it as simple as possible so we can actually apply it. 
all of us, which is really nice. Like I just learned about Gertrude Jekyll more. I've known who Gertrude Jekyll is, but I just learned more about her in the last couple of months because I, you know, did the color webinar talk and on AP, for APLD. And it was nice that it forced me <laughs> to dive into my books more. And I've realized like I love being on the internet. I love searching for things on the internet. But I have definitely found in the last two or three years that my books definitely have more in-depth information. And I'm very thankful now for having that. And this is the other source that I love using is antique garden books, antique garden design books, just to be specific about that. It's hard to find design books that are old. And, but I, I love when I can find design books from the fifties, forties, I have some from the twenties and thirties also. And it's so much fun, like looking at how design in particular was taught at different time periods and the techniques that were used. So that's one of my favorite things to do too, is just look at antique design books, which is super fun, super nice. fun. Yeah. I love it. That's um, a lot of information again, but <laughs> it is. And I can probably, I mean, I have so many books. It just depends on the season that I'm in and like what I'm interested in. And those are all the books that I pull out. Like since I just did a color one, I had all my color books out and history books out. And then I put them all away. And now we're going to be talking about matrix plantings next month in my, in my membership. So that I'm pulling all those books out now, Pete yeah. Adolf and Kelly Norris and, you know, Claudia West. So it's kind of fun. I just pull books out depending on the topic that I'm learning about. And it's really, really fun. Well, and I love that idea of like focusing on a set topic, because I feel like a lot of times it like learning in, in general can be kind of like drinking from a fire hose. So it's nice to kind of pick a topic and really be able to like dive in deep instead of just, you know, cover the bare bones basics across a wide stretch. You can kind of go really deep on a couple topics. I think that that's, that's great. That sounds like a lot of fun. It is fun. And I always encourage my students to take design classes other places if they can. There's so many great online classes or college classes or whatever that might be. Because I have obviously have taught design from front to back. And I just know from my own experience, whether I do workshops for garden clubs or in classroom, there's more questions at the end than answers. Like you said, like you learn so much in two weeks, like, oh my God, I learned the entire design process in two weeks, but did I really learn it? Yeah. <laughs> there was so much information. So that was the idea for when we started the design membership, I wanted to do it from a perspective of some of it was selfish because I wanted to learn more about topics in depth and more in depth. But a lot of it was just because I want to just provide that community and discussion points for other people to say, let's learn more about matrix plantings. Let's learn about more design plant communities. Cause when do we get to do that without taking a whole nother class? You know what I mean? Right. So the, the, the membership just allows us to to deep dive into one topic, which is fun, which is fun. Thanks. Yeah. Well, thank you so much. I, I really appreciate your time and, um, I'll, I'll do my best to put all of the, the links to all of these great resources in the show notes, um, try and get all of them. Um, and then again, for anyone that's interested, um, you can find more about Lisa at papergardenworkshop.com. And I'll also put a link to her website and Instagram in the show notes so that you can find her, follow her, tag her, uh, reach out to both of us and let us know what you thought about our conversation. And if there's any other questions that you have, um, it'd be great. 
Awesome. Thank you, Christy. This was so much fun. I appreciate speaking with you. And again, thanks for offering such wonderful resources to everybody online too in your podcast. Thank you so much. Thank you. Be sure to check the show notes for links to find out more about Lisa and look at her website and her Instagram account. And before I leave you, a couple takeaways from our conversation are using your experience in your own garden to inform your designs and remembering that education is the foundation that your career will build upon. And in the show notes, I will link as many of the inspirations and resources that uh, she mentioned, as many as I can grab. So be sure to check that out. To wrap up, I want to thank you for your time. I hope the ideas discussed today have left you feeling excited and energized. As I build both my business and my life, I value the support and feedback you provide. I would love for you to reach out to me to let me know what you think, give me ideas, or just to connect. Please don't forget to subscribe and also share with a friend. Until next time, go create something wonderful.